Hey, Spellorians, Abdul here with a quick Patreon announcement. We are uh, implementing some changes to Patreon. First things first, we are introducing a brand new level called the Wizard. This level is a $300 tier. It entitles you to a monthly game GM'd by none other than everyone's favorite GM, Sean O'Hara. As of right now, that tier is restricted to only two slots, and I believe one of those slots is actually already gone. So make sure you jump on that if you want it. The other change we're making is we are actually kicking off the Spelt Lore Almanac, where patrons at the $25 level will start to receive PDF pages of a Spelt Lore sourcebook, and that'll include maps, drawings, travel logs, all sorts of information and background on the world that we have created. So if you're interested in either of those or in any of the other awesome Patreon benefits that we have over on our Patreon, like extra audio content, video content, merch, custom artwork by the cast, handmade gift boxes, head on over to patreon.com slash speltlore or speltlore.com slash money, please. Thanks a lot and enjoy the episode. Gather round, friends, let me tell you a tale of three heroes, noble and bold. A brute, a druid, and a thief who is but nine years old. You know them by name, you know them by deed, their quests are famously daring. So here I sit, singing to you an adventure that is worth sharing. Tuck is the brute, he knows not his home, he loves to sing and fight. Fingers half-elf, he shifts his shape and wields his spear with great pride. Billy's a thief, his tiny size does mask the largest heart. Best and brightest they may not be, but their friendship outweighs their smarts. So gather round, friends, and listen close, for the tale's about to start. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spout Lore. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara, and joining me as always, playing Ving the Half-Elf Druid, Paul Oppers. Hello there. Playing Tacoma Dome, the Barbarian, Abdul Aziz. Hello. And playing Fat Billy, the Halfling Thief, Jessica Ty. Hello. When last we left our heroes, uh, Billy, having absolutely devastated his relationship <laughs> with Farah Margani, <laughs> master librarian of the Margani Library, after stealing and then losing a book from the library, decided that it was time for him to head out on his own. A little old Billy side quest specific little <laughs> episode uh, just to himself. And he left the library under the cover of darkness, followed immediately by <laughs> Tuck and Ving, who realized that he was leaving the second he decided to <laughs> pretend not to leave. Uh, he had his, his traveling backpack on, not his sleeping backpack. <laughs> yeah, oh. that was the trick. Is the sleeping backpack is a lot softer. Yeah, and meeting some sandboat drivers with big personalities, the two groups independently went to McCall. Billy knocking out his sandboat driver Bolko, and heading off into the city on his own. Meeting up very briefly with Petunia the Rat in the sticks before climbing up the side of the lighthouse of McCall. Tuck and Ving absolutely ruining a farmer's night <laughs> and made possible the rest of his life yeah <laughs> identity really, crisis really fucked with him emotionally can I have a lot of questions about the nature of the world yeah Man. 
put on some uh, absolute bare bones disguises and snuck into the city themselves before shaving their way into the lighthouse through the shack of Greg Gregarious Gregory III. Once inside, Billy found Magi leader, lieutenants, it's hard to say, Roth at the very top of the lighthouse and uh, did some fairy trickery to swap the book into his hand, leaving behind his mender's pin, which he's had for real life years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's gone now forever. Tuck and Ving made their way into the lighthouse, but not before Billy alerted Roth to his presence and uh, a whirlwind ch- chase took place. Before they realized that by escaping the lighthouse, they would be leading Roth right into the shack of an old man that they've been taking advantage of. (laughs) (laughs) So instead, they ran to the bottom of the stairs. Tuck cried out a challenge and Roth has met them at the base of the lighthouse of McCall, ready to fight. He said, this ends now, his voice spiritually booming through the air. Yeah. And that is where we find our heroes now. Yeah, you know, the last thing that you said up top about, like, the end of the things that we're all collectively doing or whatever, that sucked. That was a way more in- impressive. Very he, intimidating. He, he cuts you off <laughs> and he yells, enough! And he stomps his foot and a huge slab of brick pops out of the ground. He punches forward and sends it barreling towards Tuck. Tuck just cuts it with his axe. <laughs> all right, defy danger, dexterity. Six. Billy, you can aid by making fun of Roth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so give me that. Give, yeah. me, give me what he's doing. Okay. Uh, Billy is just like, you know, I'm basically like a basketball and <laughs> I got through your trap so easy. I already knew it was there. Honestly, if I was thinking, you know, for more than half a second, I probably could have just like disarmed your trap and you wouldn't have even known. And like... <laughs> Your face is stupid. <laughs> Two to six plus bond. Uh, eight. Okay, so that makes it a seven, meaning Tuck is still probably going to take some damage, mm-hmm. um, but I'll say that you can roll this twice and then take the lowest. Okay. So you're going to roll a d10 twice. Six. Okay, so you're going to take six damage. Uh, as you do slice the brick kind of you break it into a couple chunks but those chunks still nail you in the face and torso oh <laughs> fuck and he is moving forward to strike again what do you guys do is he within reach of ving um he is yeah you're all kind of like i imagined you sort of together like in a line basically mm-hmm. tuck in the middle mm-hmm. if i'm roth Mm-hmm. If I'm Roth, I realized I was using the configuration <laughs> of the that room. you are in front of me right now. <laughs> Tuck in the middle, Billy to the right of me, and Ving to the left. Yes. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, but because of what are you waiting for, Roth is focusing on Tuck primarily. Yeah. I am going to use um, the fact that he's focused on Tuck to come at him from the side with a huge gust of air. I'm going to try and push him back like a windmill kick. Sick. Woof. Is this just a hack and slash or is this elemental mastery? Uh, this is a fight with honor to deal damage to a foe within your reach. Perfect. Nice four. Okay, he is focused on Tuck, but as you come in and aim that kick at his head, he just dodges right out of the way. Oh, damn. Like, you, you maybe clip him in the, in, like, the cheek as you're moving, but it doesn't look like it slowed him down. And he's still going for Tuck. He's now, like, within arm's reach. Of me? Yeah. Billy, what do you do? Can I create a Will-O-The-Wisp illusion? Um, like, yeah, it, like how much can I do with that? 
he will know right away that it's an illusion. Like with Will of the Wisp, the ones that you can just do idly are like basically entertainment. Okay. Like the, the fairy child illusions are convincing. You can create a convincing illusion. Right? She's used her last. Or Billy's oh, used his last fairy child. Yeah. Old. Shit. Yeah. Mm. Consequences. I was trying to think of something that like. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. If it isn't the consequences of my actions. <laughs> so tough. Uh, just because we have a bunch of sheets. Let me see if I can remember the kind of stuff that Billy's got going on. You've got poison probably. You have a dagger that has a poison reservoir in oh, it. I do unless have you a... lost that. No, I still have it. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. going to try throwing that dagger with the poison in it. Okay. If I remember correctly, it was the, the previous poison was depleted mm-hmm. during the fight with the light guard. So you might need to um, refill it. No, I... I actually already refilled it. Oh, wait. Yeah, it says three doses of poison. Yes, and you might have used those three doses. Because remember, Shia gave you three doses of her garden snake venom. So you will have a different poison. Okay. What other poisons did you have with you? Do you remember? I have two uses of oil of taggot. Oil of taggot puts people to sleep. Do you think that Billy, honestly, Jessica, Uh narratively, do you think that Billy has since refilled his dagger with poison? Oh, yeah. He loves to play with, like... hazardous (laughs) hazardous <laughs> materials <laughs> and he had so much time at the library so he was like filling up everything like like a toddler you yeah. love to fill up containers yeah that's yeah. true okay all right i'll accept that there's a flashback to like billy sitting on one of the desks that perel is like studying at and he's just like yeah billy can you focus please sorry and then perel takes the oil of tag and then <laughs> takes it wipes his eye uh-huh. and then just immediately passes out face first on the desk now you've learned to not touch my stuff <laughs> so yeah i've got t- so i'm going to use my dagger and i'm going to aim it at roth's chest okay i'm really mad perfect so uh something to consider with uh oil of taggett is that it does put the target into a light sleep uh-huh. so it's not going to knock him out for long that's okay but it might knock him out for a bit that's fine that's okay. all we need 2d6 plus dexterity Ooh, jesus Christ. Ten. holy shit yeah nice billy <laughs> okay sick so he's reaching out for tuck like he doesn't even have an element ready to go he's just reaching out with his bare hands uh-huh. uh and just before he gets his hands on the axe a dagger just whips up from the side and slices him right across his bare chest mm-hmm. and he grits his teeth and he's still struggling with you and then you see his eyes flutter mm-hmm. and he starts stumbling backwards and i want to take him because he's holding the axe now yeah okay i take him where I pull him in and I then whip him over my head and then slam him into the ground behind me. All right. Because Billy has knocked him out, you're just going to roll your damage. <laughs> Sweet. He's at your mercy. He's like, as he's actively falling asleep. Okay. Eight. Nice. Um, so he sails through the air in an arc and slams down on the ground. You could see like blood coughs up for a second as Uh-oh. he hits the ground <laughs> and uh, as soon as he hits the ground tuck's like oh shit are you okay <laughs> he's he's for now the the poison is coursing through his veins so he is on the edge of sleep he's not getting up right now but he will be very soon what do you do oh man he's at your mercy basically can we should we okay this is us disgusting mm-hmm. what is our strat right now do we Want to run or do we take him prisoner? I mean, when he wakes up, he's going to have so many things in his arsenal. 
That's true. Anything around him. Yep. Anything I like my stupid magic doesn't do anything to his. He's way better at it than I am. Mm-hmm. He's just going to keep coming for us. Billy, can you put him to sleep with your sleep spells? Yeah, I can. He's already asleep. I think fairy dust doesn't do much to somebody that's already asleep. Okay. Um, if we affect his tattoos at all, would that do anything? Affect how? Oh. Uh, I mean, <laughs> nothing like, too violent, but... Like, ta- like tattoo over them? You yeah, have- turn them... Turn them into penises. Yeah, do something yeah. else. <laughs> oh, Billy, can you switcheroo his tattoos? Can I do that? I, I don't think a tattoo is something you can physically remove okay. from a person like that. Okay, that won't work. Yeah. A voice whispers in your head. We could just kill him. I don't want to kill this guy. Who is that? <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Billy. Uh, well, you know, I... I'm pretty tired and like my patience is wearing thin. Understandably. Should we just kill him? I don't know. I don't know. Is that us? That's a, to kill a sleeping man. It feels weak. Oh man. We're all just digging around our backpacks. <laughs> As Roth is like actively struggling against the effects of the tagged oil. <laughs> Stab him again, Billy. Okay. So I run and grab my knife and I'm like, I think there's like one use left, maybe. Like I'm like, it's like dripping out. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Yeah. You just dose it, dose him again. Yeah, I just like I just like let it drop into the cut already because it feels weird to cut someone who can't fight back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you so I'm just shaking it into the wound. I'm like, oh, that probably stings a lot. Yeah. All right, no more oil of Taggett, and uh, you can you can see Roth is like struggling, and then he settles down a little bit. But that's bought you some time, not a ton. What's the assassin vine milk? That's from seasons ago. That's yeah. a paralytic. Oh, sick. Oh. Sweet. Amazing. That's a paralytic poison that you've never done anything with. And in fact, would probably be rancid by this <laughs> No <point>. way. <laughs> things last forever in mason jars. You, you yeah. know that. It just gets better with age. Yeah. Or okay. hypothetically, <laughs> depending on the role. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Ving, you're look. Yeah, you are digging through your satchel, I guess, digging through all your jars, and you find a little tiny mason jar that's full of a, a hardened sap of some kind. Oh, my God. Okay, we just need to juice this sap up. Spell lore about this assassin vine milk yeah. and how to reconstitute Ooh, it. Oh. Well, yeah, Ving's uh, knowledge of plants yielded 11. 11. Holy shit. Interesting and useful. What you do know about assassin vine sap, which is like, for the assassin vine, which is a weird borderline intelligent like carnivorous vine, mm-hmm. it uses the sap as both a blood and a venom. And it does maintain its paralytic quality for some years after it's removed from the vine. And the enzymes in human saliva can reactivate it, like make it a pasty liquid again without getting rid of the paralytic qualities. Okay, Vink takes a little swab of his little pant bottom there mm-hmm. and swabs the guy's mouth. He doesn't want to use his own spit. It's very hot out here. He's gonna, when he wakes up, he's going to be so cotton, man. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, gets a drop out yeah. and just fills the slash across his chest with this stuff. Uh, yeah, go ahead and cross that off. I'm going to say it's old enough that you have to use basically all of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you smush it into Roth's cut that Billy just smushed another poison <laughs> just into. Just piling things in this guy's wounds. Yeah. yeah. And one of you, probably Ving, off in the corners of your mind think, I wonder what mixing all these poisons in a person's body does. Oh. <laughs> I'm not an anesthesiologist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want a role to determine how well this is going to work. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe. maybe defy danger intelligence. Oh, shit. Yeah, that makes sense to me. 
like medical knowledge. Yep. Yeah, defy danger intelligence. Six. Oh, Billy can aid if you want. Yeah, I can't think of how I would help in this situation. (laughs) You've been alive way longer. Eight. Yeah, so basically you just do it. You mash it in there and Billy's like, yeah, it should do something. It might make it better, might make it worse, might Mm -hmm. make it the same. (laughs) And you mush it in there and um, yeah, he stops uh, struggling against the effects of the oil of Taggett. And you can see his muscles like spasming a little bit. And then he is like not moving very much, but his, you can still see like cramps basically as his body is, is he breathing? He's breathing shakily. Like his chest is like, (gasps) but he's, he's, he's immobile right now. He's not trying to kill you. I put a blanket under his head. At least (laughs) feel a little bad there. Should we take him back to the library? Yes. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Ah, oh, fuck. Damn More it. prisoners by the minute. <laughs> yeah, so you don't know how long this is going to last for one. So if you're going to get him back to the library, you're going to want to move. Oh, Balco's uh, waiting outside for me. Yeah, let's go. That's a generous description of what happened to Balco. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was really nice of him to wait for you, Billy. Yeah, he definitely like offered to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so considering that uh, Roth was the most direct threat that was potentially waiting for you right now in the sticks, mm-hmm. you should be able to get him back pretty quickly. Maybe somebody's watching you. Who can say? I'm going to say that you have to go through the way that you were trapped because when you go back up to Greg's hole in the wall, the stonecutter bees have started filling that in as well. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> they like having like when they find a little like a good gap in a stone they're like oh yeah (laughs) we're doing this so that starts to be filled in with like very beautifully intricately weaving stone tubes with the ooh, you know what i kind of like some of the tubes have little openings and the way they buzz inside it sounds almost like a pipe organ oh cool that is really cool yeah we've objectively improved greg's life yeah which cancels this out and tuck lifts up (laughs) the crumpled barely breathing form of Roth. <laughs> yeah. And you can, it, you know, you're not in any immediate super danger. Again, you're just kind of idly wandering through this ancient superstructure that could hold untold wealth and mysteries. And you just go for the back door. <laughs> yeah. Cram your way back up the way you came, avoiding the tripwire. You remember up and out into the sticks and you're just going for the edge of town. Yeah. I don't think we're trying to be stealthy, right? Nah. No. Like we we're heaving a lot of stuff. I think you still, are you still carrying the bag with Terry, Larry, and Chad in it? Yeah, I'm still carrying a bag of bird seed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, right. you destroyed it. Yeah, you threw it at him. I had oh. two. You gave... Oh, right. Oh, you used I, used I used his girlfriend. All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so many bags of bird seed. Uh, and you're walking through the sticks. It's like the sun is going to be coming up very soon. And like a jackal, a group of jackals see you carrying Roth through the streets. <laughs> Good evening. Top of the morning to you. Do we uh do we want to know what's going on here? Probably not. No. All right, carry on. <laughs> and you find uh Bolko's sandboat Big Mama on the edge of town. Hey Bolko. He's asleep still. Oh, oh. what? So, shake him awake. Wee, 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 Bolko. Oh, oh yeah, brother. Hey, you fell asleep there. Oh, did I? Yeah, it's okay though. I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, hey, it's your, it's your uh, dad's. Yeah, they uh, 
They came to uh, bring me my bag. <laughs> and Tuck takes his little backpack off and is like, yeah, here you go, Billy. Thanks, Tuck. <laughs> All right, so we're going back to the library. Who's this? He points at Roth. Oh, this? Uh, this is our uh, uncle. prisoner. Our uncle prisoner. <laughs> <laughs> uncle prisoner. Is that a name or is that two titles? It's probably best you don't know and just get us back to the library as fast as we can go. All right. Understood. And he puts his goggles on. Can we go turbo speed? Oh, we're always going turbo speed, little guy. Don't <laughs> yes. worry. Cool. And he uh, starts piloting it back out into the desert, hits the turbo button, <laughs> hits his NOS injector, and you whoop ass back to the library. The sun starts to rise. Billy, if you want to roll your fairy child, it is a brand new day. Two. Eight. Mm-hmm. And that means I get three holds. Three. Okay. So for the next, yeah, mm-hmm. in-game day, you have three hold. Okay. Um, yeah, and you get back to Elaine Springs, uh, no problem. Hop into the weird, like, stables that stands in for the boat launch for the Margani Library, and you are back inside. Cool. Balco gets out. All right. Get put it there, little brother. And okay. he gets down, and he gives you one of those, like, <clears throat> pulls you in. Yeah, and I slap him. Uh, like a nice friendly <laughs> thump on his arm. Yeah, he because he pulls you in full on off the ground. Yeah, my whole arm. <laughs> yeah, like you're a li- like you're a loaf of bread. He's just like, all right, I appreciate you involving me in your adventures. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope to have another adventure with you, Balco. And he he sends you on his way, Man, on this, your way. This guy's gonna be handy for sure. Yeah. Hopefully Randy's okay wherever he is. Oh, Randy's oh. probably back inside. <laughs> Randy's just having breakfast at the cafeteria. We cut to Randy and he's having a very nice omelet with a tea. <laughs> I sure hope my boat's okay. <laughs> oh shit, his boat. We did leave it behind. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, okay, so what are you guys doing with Roth? Take him to the infirmary. Yeah, and we send someone to get Farah and yeah. also to get Ghost Root. Yeah. Right. Oh. Yes. Okay, so uh, you go meet up in the medical wing. The medical wing we've described before is sort of a um, operating theater style room. There's like a sunken pit zone where all of the physicers of the library do their work and take care of people that have been injured or are experiencing particularly noteworthy or extraordinary illnesses. Mm-hmm. You come down and there is the head physicer of the library. Ooh, a lady. A lady, Moresh Elnor, just a human woman, maybe like um, exceptionally young for being like the head physiker of the library. Yeah. And, she, and she's really pretty. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, she's like Dr. TV. <laughs> pretty. Yeah. It seems like she was called away from like a fancy dinner breakfast. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Tuck, don't. Don't what? I'm not doing anything. You're already doing it. No, and he, <laughs> so he puts Roth's body in front of his uh, crotch. Oh my god. <laughs> like a binder. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Maresh walks up to you and um, she is just like, who's this? What's going on? You've, you've come into my pit with another unconscious person. Yeah, this guy is the head of the Magi or like a general or something, and he was trying to kill us, and then we maybe mixed too many drugs when we tried to drug him. <clears throat> so he might be dying, uh, but also he can manipulate the elements. So that could be a good thing. Well, yeah, but you're going to have to dose him with ghost roots so that when he comes to, he can't do that. Every time, everything that you say when you're like, 
this is the head of the Magi. She snaps and she points at somebody and waves them over. Uh, we put a bunch of drugs in his body. She points at somebody else and waves them over. Like she's waving over a person for everything that you say. And she just like, okay, put him there. It's like, all right, cool. What are you doing after this? Or what is there something? She's already working. Like a bunch of people swarm the table. <laughs> I love that Tuck is still asking yeah. while she's busy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like, if you wanted to go grab like a coffee or something afterwards, I'll be around. Uh, <laughs> Or a tea or whatever. Somebody takes Roth from you and they lay him on a table and they all walk over to this like little bin and they grab like this little cube of resin and they pop it in their mouths and they just chew it up and they all start working. What what is that? What kind of snack is that? Somebody somebody (laughs) could spell lore uh, if they want. If somebody could spell lore about this if they want, because no one's talking to you right now. This is like emergency situation. Yeah, Ving, what does the box say? What is a cube? Seven. Seven? That's fine. Uh, It's colloquially referred to as um, physics pitch. What does it do? It basically makes you temporarily immune to illness and infection. Oh, Oh. so it's like a self-sterilization. Yeah, exactly. It's basically a little resin that's very hard to produce and very expensive to produce, but it makes you temporarily immune to disease and infection. Hey, can I have one of those? Absolutely not. (laughs) Can I steal Please one of those? clear out of my theater. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Okay, you know, I'll be up on the top balcony or whatever. Theater, that's a great idea. You want to go see a movie sometime? Yeah. Ving is also like, dibs. <laughs> no. I, you Ving, didn't say you shut the fuck up. You didn't fucking say I'll dibs. Kill, uh, no, I don't care. I, you can't call dibs on a person. I, I, I'm a feminist. I know. <laughs> and I turn to her. I'm like, I'm a feminist. An orc <laughs> physicker walks up to you, grabs you both by the fronts of your shirts, and starts pushing you towards the stairs. <laughs> oh, hey, you're strong. You want to go get coffee or tea sometime? <laughs> or, so, or whatever. We're going to be hanging. <laughs> you have been bodily removed from the pit. We could go on double dates if you're into it. Farah enters the uh, the balcony above the the medical theater. Oh, I I I uh, rush over to her. She looks at you not as warmly as you're used to. Sarah, please, I'm so sorry, and I just want you to know that I have completed the tiring journey of getting the book back for you. She looks at you like surprised like (laughs) really yeah i told you i would not rest and that i would give my life before i uh before i failed this task so i give it back to her yeah she kneels down and takes the book from you i checked all the pages are there including the ones i might have drawn on but i erased those (laughs) she ignores that (laughs) billy i'm very impressed thank you for upholding your promise no problem very tired now. I would understand. Yes, you have not slept in a long time from what I understand. I will lay down and then I sleep right there. <laughs> Just lay down on the ground. I will lay down. She sees uh, you, Tuck and Ving, approaching and waves. Hey. Hey, we wave back. Did you accompany Billy in his quest? We, kind of, yeah. After the fact. Yeah. I see that you have... Uh, brought another straggler to the yeah. library. Who, who is this? Uh, his name is Roth. Ah. You know of Roth? Well, you mentioned Roth earlier, I believe. A magi of great power and an enormous threat to you all personally, correct? Yeah. And now you. Sorry about that. Hmm. But he is mostly paralyzed, so that's good. Ving hands her the remainder of the jar. Yeah, I used this and Billy used his paralytic. She takes the lid off and sniffs the inside. Goes, hmm, okay, well, I will give this to Physiker Elnor and we will, um... I need the jar back when you're done. 
hard to come by. Very well. Uh, and we will see that no incredible harm is done to Roth as it is, and uh, do what we can to limit his access to the elements. Yeah, it, it seems like those tattoos on his arms might be a part of it. Mm-hmm. That's what Billy was saying. Okay, very well. Um, perhaps it would be smart for you all to get some sleep. Okay. Do you know what the deal with Elnor is? Is she like single or whatever? I don't know. Okay. Do you like anything in particular? I, I have very little information for you. Okay. Good night. <laughs> she into dudes or chicks or whatever? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go get breakfast now because it is the morning <laughs> and you have not slept in at least a day. I would expect at least one of you to be more tired than this. Well, Billy, and she points at Billy, who's snoo- snoring on the ground. <laughs> Perhaps you should see to your ward. Okay. <laughs> We're kind of his ward, but yeah. Okay. Uh, and she walks down to go speak to uh, Maresh. But what are you all? What's your plan? I guess go to sleep for a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, you wake uh, to some time of day. You see, you know, a clock that gives you the approximate hour. I guess afternoon if we go to bed as the sun is rising. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, what are you all doing now? Like I, Sean O'Hara, I'm very interested in kind of what your next steps are because it seemed to me like Roth potentially was going to be a, a huge narrative threat, but he has been imprisoned by you currently. So what next? Yeah. What do you guys think we should do? Um, yeah. Um, we're in the cafeteria right now. Yeah. We're talking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Louise is on shift. Oh, thank nice. God. Yeah. <laughs> Breakfast buffet. Ooh. Oh, no, I'm, mm-hmm. just hold on. I'm going to get more goat cheese omelets. <laughs> Plural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Perel is there. He's come to join you. He's uh, bandaged up. You know, he's got salves and uh, like pieces of fabric pasted to his body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's kind of gingerly eating a tiny button mushroom omelet, trying very hard to not use too much of his body <laughs> to eat his food. Billy is uh, playing with the teddy bear, trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. And Perel has the puzzle artichoke in front of him. Oh, yeah. Did <laughs> yeah. you figure that out? No. No? I'm sorry. That came out a little shorter than I thought. Are you upset about it? It's really confusing. <laughs> Maybe if it was a puzzle frog. It's a plant, but it is got complex interlocking pieces. Oh, it's this. We got this from like Morris Wedge's fanny pack. You got this in Morris's fanny pack? Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Oh, wait. No. Shit. Oh, did we found it in the spirit world? Yeah, you found it in the spirit world. Uh, in Boar's, when oh. Boar was like digging stuff up. Fuck, right. Yeah. Wait, do we have another puzzle box? You got a puzzle box from Morris Wadge's trap room in Aquarius Tower. Right. Oh. Okay. And you broke that. Fuck. <laughs> so you have not gotten that repaired unless in the last several months you've taken it to a clockwork person to uh, get it fixed eh, no yeah. i don't mean this is from the spear world oh that, that makes more sense it doesn't look pretentious enough to have been made by morris it's <laughs> 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 kind of twisting the pieces back and forth <laughs> anyways how'd um everything go last night i understand that you didn't stay after we returned to the library uh i had to go get the book i lost mm-hmm. and then we had a fight with roth 
Oh. In the tower. What happened? I mean, it went pretty good. Pretty smooth. Yeah. I mean, for us, uh-huh. it went okay. He He's... Uh, pr- He's here now. He's here? <laughs> he drops the puzzle artichoke <laughs> and puts his hand in his omelet. You're fine. I mean, like, we already put a bunch of, like, poisons in him, and, like, I don't know, he's still out of it. Yeah, they probably have him sedated pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it a concern at all that he might, like, uh, like, like come to and escape and oh, oh yeah lay yes. waste to the library a huge concern yeah but it feels like that's like a Farah problem rather than mm. an us problem yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what do we do now i mean we're still waiting on Urk to get us that fucking book that's true oh yeah yeah or not and figure out where the heck he is yeah mm-hmm. yeah but first i need to wait and see i'll know if he finds it or not mm-hmm so something that I'm, oh God, I think he said, I think he mentioned this. It's not going to be like a quick thing for him. He's going to try his best, but mm-hmm. it might take a while to find the book um, and to get it away surreptitiously enough that he's not like executed or forced to give up his information. So in the meantime, should we, so we'll stick around the library, hey, and like do some research yeah yes. so it's remember nerd out for a little bit yeah, yeah remember something that i established i think last season is if you spend a full day researching in the library you can get an automatic 10 plus on a spell lore sick nice yeah fuck i'm so dumb <laughs> yeah. same here it's gonna actually <laughs> it's gonna take tuck two days actually oh, no. uh, he's, he's forgetting he's actively forgetting how to read no no it's only gonna take a day so if you spend this whole day like uh, just hanging around reading, you can get a 10 plus on a spelt lore. A single spelt lore each. Well, Roth is out. I want, Ving wants to study his, the, uh, maybe take a sample and take it to the lab and study the ink in his tattoos. Ooh, Ooh interesting. Sick. Uh, okay, yeah. So you go to the medical wing. Uh, he let his uh, stubble grow in a little bit and like did a hard line on it. Like he's looking like real soap opera 2010. <laughs> oh, hot. no. Like he's looking like a little, he's trying a little too hard. <laughs> you. He did his hair. He performed it just in case. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, he took all the sleeves off of all of his clothes uh-huh. in case he wants to wear any shirt. Yeah, so you, you go in, you're ready to go. Tuck <laughs> yeah, is in our rooms at this point in time. You get to him for a second, he finds all of Ving's sleeves and he <gasps> figures out what he's doing. <laughs> Who's an idiot now? <laughs> you sabba. No. And then I go to run out of the room and Ving's gummed it up with gum. Yeah. He's put gum in the lock. <laughs> put, put in a Vaseline on the inside knob too. Yeah. <laughs> put Vaseline all over the inside of the door so I can't get it. Amazing. Uh so you go to the medical wing and um it would be really funny if Maresh wasn't there. <laughs> Walks in like the arms moving, kinda swagging in. But she is there. You went through all this narrative buildup, this all this uh, co- comedic buildup. So yeah, Maresh is there and she's working with a handful of other physicers on a number of projects, including Roth, who is... I, do, I think they would move Roth pretty soon. Once they get him like stabilized, they're probably going to try and move him to like a specific chamber where they can um, suppress his like spiritual connection if they can. They're going to try and mess around with Ghost Root. Like they've brought in other herbalists and like spiritual experts in the library to try and figure out the best way to contain him. Yeah, maybe he's in like an iron lung that's Ooh, that's interesting. Pushing like ghost, ghost root smoke yeah. into him. Yeah. That's cool. so cool. That's yeah. really cool. 
there's a gaggle of librarians all gathered together, like uh, conferencing and writing on a chalkboard, trying to figure out what to do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chemistry equations and stuff. Yeah, totally. And like physics drawings of like what the representations of the spiritual realms. Mm-hmm. So cool. Oh, and yeah. It, and then there's like druidic runes and some like, you know, there's people that are spiritually interpreting their uh, medical knowledge yeah. too so it's like mm-hmm. trying to bridge the gap yeah and like just off to the side of this group there's like somebody in deep deep meditation like it's this whole confluence of different uh it's a multidisciplinary yeah yeah kind exactly. of project yeah cool and uh Maresh looks up from someone she's speaking to and she sees you and she kind of shoos you away <laughs> V's taken aback because he's put a lot of effort into this <laughs> Just to be shooed the fuck away. Uh, and he was like, uh, and he walks up to her like, yeah, you, you called me over? In fact, I did the exact opposite of, I, I, sh- I, I did the other, go away, <laughs> we're busy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're busy now, but the opposite of that is chill. Maybe you want to chill sometime, the opposite of busy. <laughs> I'm sure that you are well aware of the fact that you brought in a living weapon into my medical theater and we are attempting to find a way to make sure that this individual that you brought into the library (laughs) does not wake and lay waste to everything generations of people have attempted to build pretty cool eh? it's pretty hard to bring a weapon into a place like this Mm, i bet it is speaking of weapons check out these guns (laughs) can i help you do you have some sort of uh, practical reason for being here i'm sorry yeah i would like to study his tattoos if i can study in, in um a, what do you mean i'm just wondering if i can take a small sample of the ink under his skin and uh take it down and into the, your laboratory i'm wondering if i could use a small portion of your laboratory i know that you're very busy but I, I think it could be important the tattoos have a lot to do with his power and i am a spirit walker or was i just i haven't i have i have a hunch i need to follow my gut hmm. please hmm. it could be terribly interesting hmm she uh she rubs her chin and she turns to another physiker and is like would uh would um a physical stimuli like that like him taking a sample of the ink would that would that be enough to wake him and uh the dwarf woman that she's talking to is like mm, i don't believe so how deep are you planning to go <laughs> with this uh with this sample just a couple of inches inches <laughs> <laughs> things not good with measurements into his flesh I, or, or whatever uh or meters it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be an inch try not to draw blood then we should be fine okay okay thank you very much okay but just um know that this isn't your um private play area in the future if you don't mind I, i'm a I, head physical i'm under a lot of pressure i'm quite young to have this position um there are a lot of people looking over my shoulder they would like to ask me at any moment <laughs> I cannot allow that to happen. She starts like twiddling a braid that she has kind of woven into her hair. She's like, please just don't make me look like a fool in front of anyone. You are in charge and I will respect that. People have been talking and they're very impressed with the work you're doing. I just, I think you can move forward with uh, confidence and know that you've got this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Carry on. Thank you. And she goes back to uh, her conference. So you're just going to like, he does one like look back at her hard (laughs) jaw. He pushes his bottom jaw out as hard as he can. She's just looking at you blankly. (laughs) Yeah. Fair. Yeah. 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 I'm being a douchebag. I'm sorry. (laughs) And then cut back to Tuck for a second. And he's like slamming his hands against the door going, Marish, don't listen to a smart guy stuff. 
<laughs> Dumb guys are good too. Uh, the yeah, the door is rattling in the stone frame that's been carved out of this section of the mine. Dust falls from the ceiling of your room, and a passing librarian jumps when you bash into the door and just keeps walking. Uh, yeah, so you're just uh, how do you take it? Like you're just kind of scraping off. Yeah, with a syringe. Are there any tattoos that stand out? I actually think that these are different than the runes that you are familiar cool. with. Yeah, yeah, these are. It's of a different like magical discipline. And does there seem to be a confluence? Like, is there a central image? Mm. That's a great question. Well, yeah. What do these tattoos look like? We've never looked. I, I imagine like runes, but what if like the runes are tattooed in like the blood of the animals? Whoa. Oh, that's amazing. That's, that's so, so cool. cool. Yeah. So they're like a dark red instead of like pitch black. Cool. Yeah. And maybe there's like blood on my blood sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's like when you were facing down Roth, the turbulence that you felt from the elemental spirits was like too much for you to feel that sort of resonance from mm. the tattoos. But now that he's in this torpid state, um, you can feel the resonance from the, the blood that was used by previous shapeshifters i guess yeah wow strange okay i'm gonna take a little sample from his chest yeah cool. below the giant gash uh so you tell me because we're doing these spout lures mm-hmm. um you tell me what stands out tattoo wise like if there's an um an image of some kind or the, a design that calls to a certain kind of elemental or spiritual practice I think it's just maybe even as simple as like a black circle, a dense black circle that's mm-hmm. raised. The tattoos are raised. Mm. So they're kind of scarification tattoos. Scarification and, and mm. colored with uh, both blood. Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. So yeah, now that you're closer, you can see that it isn't just tattooing. It's yeah, it's ritual scarring. Yeah. Neat. And they all kind of, yeah, surround a big black center yeah in his gut in his oh like right in his yeah. stomach in his abdomen interesting that's really cool okay yeah you get a little sample of one of those tattoos cool of the ink um we'll come back to that we'll cut to billy or tuck who wants uh to do a spell lore next you go i'm still stuck in my bedroom <laughs> oh, okay um do you want me to let you out or do you want to be left to your no tuck is in there and he's holding all the loose sleeves and he's like God, he's probably showing off all of his arm muscles. <laughs> Sexy arm muscles. I like that Ving tore off all his sleeves, yeah. but only wore one shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I was just, uh, the night before I was started tearing off sleeves. Like, what? I don't know what I'll feel tomorrow. He, he's like, he tries on a, like a, one of his outfits and he's like, what about this? And he tears it off. He's like, nah, not this one. And then he, he puts another one on. He's like, this is definitely the one. Oh, shit no. no damn it <laughs> that's not gonna work either uh okay so what's the thing that billy's trying to learn um or accidentally learns even <laughs> billy and perel went to like read some books together mm-hmm. like billy's feeling bad for perel because perel's really like hamming up these injuries um so he's like oh, fine i'll come with you and like i'll help you out if you want um but he's brought like the teddy bear and the puzzle artichoke mm. and would it count if i was like messing with those and yeah seeing if there's something in there mm-hmm. cool so he's like he's like limping as he's walking he's like oh billy i can't believe i survived that encounter with those horrible magi but i gave them one of these 
Yeah, that bruise looks painful. It is. And Thank you. Is that a scrape above your knee? It's a cut, Billy, Sorry. not a scrape. <laughs> a cut. You're right. Whoa. Uh, anyways, so you want to come hang out with me while I read some books? Sure. Um, but I'll bring my toys. <laughs> All right, let's go. And he uh, he takes you to the um, like the wizard history section that he's been digging around in. Sure. Yeah. I kind of want to. I want to try this puzzle artichoke. I haven't really played with it. Yeah. In fact, they didn't usually let me play with it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I want to play with it. Okay, cool. Two d six plus wisdom to kind of blunder your way through the puzzle artichoke. Nice. Whoa. Oh, shit. Okay, Billy blunders his way through a puzzle artichoke. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just like spinning it around and he realizes like, well, you can't really use logic with this. You know, plants don't follow the rules of logic. They always follow like a natural pattern and they they go from the inside out. So he's like, he's just like fumbling around like, okay, okay, here we go. Like, doing like different patterns of twisties that would go into like kind of the spiral effect that is basically like the pattern of life and the puzzle artichoke like a flower starts to bloom whoa cool so billy uh billy is like twisting and messing with this puzzle artichoke i like the idea that he's actually saying this like plants don't follow the order of man they follow a natural order that harkens to the patterns of life like he's having this very profound yeah. conversation with himself and Perel's ignoring him because <laughs> billy mutters all the time and he's like uh-huh oh wow really as he's reading a book <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the puzzle artichoke starts to bloom from the top down and um the seeds fall away revealing like a central cavity that was in there the whole time yeah and sitting inside is a what looks like like a fruit pit or a seed and it's got little bits of carving on it Ooh, what's it made out of it feels like it's made out of plant material like wood like it's it's almost like a peach pit or like uh like a like like a chestnut huh so i I lick it Hmm. (gasps) it tastes uh kind of sour what i i think i know what it is what no i no, maybe not i want to know uh maybe it's a tree of knowledge so much sense oh is that because the carvings in it because the carvings are they runes oh so billy like flaps his hands and he's like (laughs) oh my god is billy gonna have a plant friend and just for context we're not actually there (laughs) no but billy remembers what ving had mentioned about like these trees of knowledge Mm -hmm. and billy is also remembering like ancient like an ancient memory of like not seeing these but knowing kind of like about these trees of knowledge and what the seed might have looked like and he knows they're very like precious and rare so he's like he like jumps off the desk <laughs> and he he's like Pearl, i'll be right back <laughs> and he goes to look for ving yeah uh and for those of you that don't know uh these knowledge trees came up during an outlander session which is something that we've been releasing on patreon in which uh everybody gets access to the outlander move that tuck had for seasons and seasons and they do a little bit of world building in exchange for an experience point and paul introduced the idea of these trees that organically pass on druidic wisdom the basic idea is that the old old druids uh didn't pass on their knowledge like via written word they did it through propagation of special kinds of trees 
that when they bloomed, blossomed from those seeds, they contained the knowledge like in their bark and leaves. And when the trees grew, it had it, it grew with the runes within the bark already. Yeah. So as yeah. the tree kept growing the knowledge, you would gain more knowledge and be able to read it off the trees. And if you were able to nurse these very difficult to grow mm-hmm. trees, you were able to gain more knowledge as it got older and bigger. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the seed will only germinate for people who are basically like worthy of its knowledge. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so um, Billy excited and running wouldn't notice, but we would notice as the audience that the words and runes and symbols that are that look like they're carved into it aren't carved. Like it's naturally just in the mm-hmm. seed. Yeah. So Billy runs to go find Ving. All right. And we'll cut to Tuck. Uh, Tuck has gotten out of his room mm-hmm. now and... He is uh, moodily walking around the mines with Black Spire. Okay. And he's talking to Black Spire like and he's shit talking Vic. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, man, Vic said he called dibs on her. And I was like, that doesn't exist because we're all feminists. Because I had all these like feminist kind of questions that I wanted to ask her. She's a doctor, and I wanted to be like, "How did you become a doctor when you're not allowed to operate on your own sons or whatever?" And then she, she the opposite of a feminist. And then Ving locked me in our room, and then fucking forced me to stay in there while he went there like with zero sleeves and like probably like was like so smart and shit in front of her. Fuck! <laughs> yep. Yeah, bro. Those are all concepts. I understand. For sure. And because of that, I know you're upset. <laughs> and Tuck jumps on his back and hugs him from the back. And he's like, you're the only one that understands me, Black Spire. <laughs> Same, bro. Uh, it would seem. And he's like just trundling through the mines. He's kind of taking you deeper than you've ever been. Oh, like cool. He's already getting pretty comfortable in here. It's like, yeah, this place is pretty sick. It's like, a, it's like my own pad, you know? <laughs> it was nice. It was like early. Uh, the place that you found me was like a pretty good pad, but it kind of started getting a little small and there was all that goo. Um, but he's walking around and he's, he's finding like... Um, what looks like obsidian rubble, but you would probably guess is piles of <laughs> broken bones. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, ar, 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 mm. this place is covered in this stuff. It's the bomb. <laughs> oh, sick. Yeah. And once it, bro, I was digging around, snuffling around, <laughs> and I found like one of these, but like opposite. Wait, how? Like, this is like, black crunch and the other one was like shiny crunch show me the oh. shiny crunch well i ate it <laughs> fuck i'm man. sorry are you kidding me uh, what, what what do you mean am i kidding you i chomped it bro you think i'm gonna wait okay well tell me did it look like this and then tuck like rummages around in his backpack and he pulls out the white dark guard coin and he's like was it like one of these no 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 shiny Shiny. Yeah, like uh what's the what was the up thing that we saw when we were coming back? Oh, like fuck, sunstone? Sure, bro. Oh. Shit. It was <laughs> delicious. Oh no. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh. Dude, you can't eat that. That's so expensive. What do you mean? I mean like it's worth so much money. What do you mean? I mean like and then Tuck is like, how do I re- explain representational currency to a dragon? <laughs> okay, so 
Um, let's say that you want to eat black crunch all the time, right? Yeah. Okay, but say you have more black crunch than you can eat. <laughs> okay. So a guy says, okay, give me that black crunch. Whoa, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he sits down on his butt like while you're talking he's his his front his front legs are still on the ground but he his back legs flip out in front of him and he just oh. plops down on his little butt. Yeah. So a guy says, "Give me that black crunch and I'll just like hold it for you and then whenever you need more crunch, I will give it to you just so you don't have to hold all this black crunch. Okay. All right. I'm starting to catch your vibe. Uh, so it's like, it's kind of like if I'm trying to crunch and like one of those gross worms comes and crunches my crunch first. Yeah. This if is, somebody had the crunch. Yeah. Then the worms wouldn't crunch it. Exactly. Okay. And then say you were talking to someone else that wanted black crunch. Uh-huh. Then you could just say, hey, this guy has all my black crunch. If you need it, you can go get it. Only if you wanted to give it to them. Hmm. And that's what money is. <laughs> okay. This would have been clearer if Tuck was smarter. <laughs> I think I understand. Okay, so... Okay, no, so I don't want to talk... I understand. You don't have to keep talking about it. Okay, just if you find that shiny crunch, uh-huh. save it, and then I'll give you tons more black crunch instead. Hmm promise yeah man i promise you a million percent you're my best friend because my actual best friend just fucking betrayed me (laughs) all right no (laughs) Uh, paul the player feels really guilty and awesome right now uh yeah so okay yeah i will not eat the shiny crunch right away i will come in i will okay here's the here's my fear Here's what I am afeard of. If I find a shiny crunch and I tr- and you don't come for a while and I have to not eat it and it just sits there. <laughs> so how do I know that you are going to come and relieve me of this shiny crunch? I promise you, I will come back and give you 10 times as much black crunch as shiny crunch. 10 times? 10 times. I don't know what that means, it, but it sounds like more. And then Tuck is like, how do I re- explain ratio-based mathematics to this drag? Yeah, and he's like towering above you with his big like his big front arms on the ground and his head's tilting side to side like a big dog where he's like okay so he's like so tech is like all right and he drops one small rock on the ground he's like for every one of these Uh i'll give you this many and then he drops 10 small rocks of Uh. the black crunch so you give me a shiny crunch that's this big i'll give you this much black crunch all right okay Mostly understood. <laughs> I will not eat the shiny crunch right away. I will wait for you, my bro. All right. And, it, and then Tuck goes to fist pump him. And he headbutts your hand. <laughs> and I go to the infirmary. Because <laughs> my hand shatters. <laughs> uh, is there anything that you were hoping to learn in the mines? Or did you just want to chill with Black Spire? I just wanted to chill with Black Spire because my best friend betrayed me. And my son is hanging out with me, his nerdy uncle. <laughs> and the girl that I have a huge crush on all of a sudden is busy. <laughs> the girl I developed a crush on instantly is busy uh okay we'll cut back to ving so ving you are um in one of the sort of more secluded research uh chambers off the medical wing what's your plan with this sample i wanted to test it against some ghost root so i get some ghost root Hmm. and grind it up and i want to take a look at it in their um they have uh sunstone 
that they've uh, molded into lenses. <laughs> uh-huh. Cool. And it, it's, it's not like a microscope, but it's exactly like a microscope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely magnifies things a lot. Perhaps it, not molecular. <laughs> what it does is it, it, you, it channels light so bright, uh, very, very bright white, white light, but Ving uses his uh, light sight. He can like mm-hmm. withstand it and it illuminates, you know, some of the, the cool. properties of it. Oh, Sweet. that makes sense. Actually, can I propose a mechanism for how this Hell works yeah. and why Ving is actually better at looking at it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So say they carve like lenses of sunstone mm-hmm. uh, and then they like lay a sample on top of it. The sunstone will shine the light through the sample and project it on a screen bigger than it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it will like diffract and diffuse, so there's like a limit on how big you can actually make it before it starts looking shitty, right? Mm. But Ving can just look directly at the lens because he has light sight. Right. So he can kind of like use his elf eyes to see. As as like the, the, uh, what do you call it? Overhead projector screen. Exactly. You can project it directly onto your fucking retina. (laughs) Cool. Cool. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. Uh, Okay. So you are testing the ink in Roth's tattoos against ground up ghost root. I just want to see if there's ghost root in there. I think my theory is that they grind up ghost root and use some of the chars that blackness in with the blood of the sacrifices. Whoa. For what purpose? I'm wondering. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're we're <laughs> loosely saying that ghost root has uh, got a spiritual quality to it. It could be like the binding agent. Yeah. Yeah. Like if yeah. The chains that you saw could be this substance. What if it's sort of like basically like a seed? And then fr- the tattoos, like the runes, act as like roots that sort of like that symbolic nature of like we have rooted the mm. spirit and the energy of these animals, which we've taken their blood and we use like the ghost root to bind it to our physical form mm-hmm. so that it can never truly leave us, you know? Yeah. 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 Those yeah. chains come out of that central thing. Every druid, like the first tattoo they get is that big black mm-hmm. circle oh, yeah. and then all mm-hmm. the other ones are built off it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And it makes sense because the ghost root kind of pierces the realms. So if it's like, I need to anchor these like animal spirits to me, and then like, how am I going to keep it here? It's like the ghost root is the thing that like binds this realm to the next. Yeah. And it, so it's not like through that, it's almost like it's not that their bodies or their perceptions are piercing the spirit realm. It's the tattoos. It's just the tattoo. It's like that part of their body, which would explain why it's so dangerous mm-hmm. for them yeah. and why it's so painful for the spirits and maybe when Marash is like looking at like the bones underneath where the tattoos are she sees like sheer fractures because like it, that's where like all the like sheer forces mm-hmm. yeah, is Whoa. like focused oh they're covered in yeah and that's why they're all so weak and yeah. Yeah. because their body is yeah. always an immune response to totally. trying to heal itself yeah and that's probably yeah that's why Roth is so yeah scrawny like the sheer pressure that's put on his body and also the effort he has to expend he also just can't eat enough to put on mass Mm -hmm. because he's just always exerting himself Mm -hmm. which would explain why he's such a son of a bitch why he's so pissed off all the time and he's so he has to be so convinced of his path yeah because every day he's actively like killing Killing himself himself. yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh cool 
That's pretty intense. We all get a point for that. Sean, take a point. (laughs) Hey, thanks, man. Oh, my God. I just leveled up. (laughs) Finally, after three years, I'm going to take the advanced move and the podcast. (laughs) The move itself is called Frida. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that's really sick. That's really interesting. Like the, the destructive nature of even being a Magi is really interesting. And at that moment, Billy bursts into the room. Because somebody mentioned where you were and then Billy started sprinting through the medical theater and they couldn't stop him. <laughs> yeah. I like the thought that Maresh likes Billy a lot. Everybody <laughs> kind of likes Billy. That's the thing is like he's such a precocious little kid that they're like, yeah, sometimes he tips over a big pot of gumbo. Some, <laughs> sometimes people will go back to their rooms and find him in their sock drawer. But it's cute a little bit. <laughs> so, okay. So actually while Ving is doing this work, oh, the yeah. door opens and Billy is in Maresh's arms and she's carrying him into this chamber. <laughs> oh, she's we're like, both trying to get her attention, but Billy just has it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Look, I told you he was just working. Here he is. Oh, well, thank you. Hmm. Um, also, thanks for the ride. I have been running a lot. <laughs> I can tell. Look at you. You're so sweaty. Yeah. Oh, little guy. Well, okay. why don't you come by later for some tea? Okay. Do you have like sandwiches too? Oh, I can get some sandwiches. Certainly. Sweet. All right. Sounds good. That sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) She casts you a look and then walks out of the room. (laughs) Damn it. Um, Hey, Ving. Hey, bud. I want to show you something. What's that? Uh, And I open my hands. It's a a seed. A tree of knowledge? Yeah, it was in the artichoke puzzle. What? These are so rare. Oh my God, Billy, we have to try and grow this. Like right now? No. <laughs> oh. Too delicate in the in the desert. This is amazing. I just I just wanted to show you. What does it say on it? Uh, I mean, these are very old oh, runes. Right. I should know this. Oh, I didn't even try to read them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have an idea of what? Let's say you can mm. find you can see like one phrase. Oh, maybe the different seeds from the different trees have kind of like. Uh, an environment that they like to start in and that's kind of written as like how to start it sort of thing on it so it's like it's like uh growing instructions like on a seed packet yeah yeah Yeah. they come Um, with their own instructions cool yeah um this one is a willow it's like licking it (laughs) (laughs) this one is uh this one is mm, it's uh some kind of mm, it's a willow it's a willow so yeah what does you it gotta say? stop putting things in your mouth billy <laughs> sorry he hears tuck in his head uh, you gotta stop i'm channeling dad um it would be happiest in the wetlands so not here billy has the impression that this seed would very much like to live in the uh everwood valley cool uh so that is the interesting thing what is the useful thing that we gain from this um yeah i think you know what i mean i don't know how old this like seed is but it's still good like these Mm -hmm. seeds don't they can withstand a lot yeah um and oh you know what i bet it's these seeds will like survive long enough for someone worthy to find it Mm. oh that's cool yeah oh and maybe once you do maybe that's the thing that's useful billy notices it when he's like don't put it in your mouth but it's like it's popped and there's a little bit of green. Oh my God. Oh, like, like yeah, the color of the seed changes just a tiny little like bit. Just it's cracked a little bit and you can see that it's starting to a germinate. It's tiny vein is, of green. Mm-hmm. It's chosen you. Oh, that's, Ooh. and Billy's like, it's my pet now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is so beautiful. Great. Okay. Uh, what's Tuck doing? 
Oh, what's Tuck doing? Yeah. He's wandering around the halls now. With a broken hand? Yeah, uh, no, his hand was just hurt a lot. It wasn't actually broken. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> but he's he's writing a poem to Maresh, and he's like, all right, it's what it would work. He's trying to do an alecky kind of thing again, mm-hmm. where he's yeah. like, nice. To the beautiful Maresh. Her name is Maresh, right? Yes. He turns he to it. a random person, <laughs> and he's like, her name's Maresh, right? I don't know. The doctor, the hot doctor. <laughs> oh, Physiker Elnor? Yeah, her first name's Maresh. Sounds right. Fuck, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Good. <laughs> I don't want to be your friend anymore. Then get the fuck out of here. I am getting out of here. I was working on something and you walked up to me. Tuck knocks the shit on his desk <laughs> off. That took me three years to build. Fuck you. <laughs> and somebody walks up and is like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, it didn't take me three years. I was just being an asshole. <laughs> uh, to the beautiful. He's walked away. Yeah. To the beautiful Maresh, I would like to see your flesh. Fuck, that's not good. <laughs> feminist, I'm a feminist. <laughs> and uh, he walks, he, as he's like wondering already, he walks past Farrah's office, and mm-hmm. then he realizes that he never explained the demon thing to her, and he never mm-hmm. w- figured out what this white coin was. <gasps> right. So yes. he goes back, and he's like, Farrah! Mm-hmm. Yes, Tacoma. Uh, How did you... <laughs> Uh, it always seems why is it whenever i am shaken from a reverie it is because of you or your friends what are you what reverie are you looking at and he comes behind her desk and looks over her shoulder (laughs) uh you see that she is um writing and you're reading the mccallan and she's writing poetry Oh, whoa, no way. I was trying to write poetry, too. <laughs> and she she covered, like, she very quickly covers the things she was working on. She was like, it's not finished. Yeah, mine isn't either. And then I'm like, here's what I have so far. To the beautiful Maresh. Oh, Sakoma. I can really see your flesh. I would. Wow. All right. <laughs> it's still not finished. Is there a reason that you came in here? Right. Yes, there is. Thanks for reminding me. It's mm-hmm. a poem about how visible her skin is. <laughs> <laughs> It is visible. So this is Tuck talking to her assistant. Yeah. (laughs) It's visible. It's not completely covered. I believe you. All right. That's a parrot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Tuck, like, he he takes the two coins out, and he's like, he drops them on the table, and he's like, all right, two things. One thing we forgot to tell you was it seems like demon possession is becoming more prevalent in the city hmm. one of the things we dealt with was this like dwarf guy who had tried to use ghost root to like do something contact the spirit world mm-hmm. and he ended up like inviting the demon of ambition in hmm. and then when we tried to banish the demon this black coin turned white so then that brings me to the second thing i probably should have told you i don't know six episodes ago i think these uh these coins are Related to the Dark Guard, and I think this is how the torch found me in the library. Um, now, when you say you think, do you mean that you were directly told? Uh, yeah, Amma told me that, and he suggested that I throw them away. And then I might have immediately forgotten because it was the end of a recording weekend. I understand, because also it was Farhan that told you that. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I have spoken previously to Farhan and Grandfather Amma about these coins and they are both in agreement that it is something that demons are able to perceive in some way so i am absolutely floored that you even still have these yeah 
I mean, one of them came in handy. The white one, it turned white because we had to like banish a demon with it, or I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. I just broke it and stuff happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. And she picks up the two coins. She hesitates to pick it up. Considering the extremely specific circumstances in which you were able to shatter this coin with your spirit world forged axe, mm-hmm. I would be surprised if that was the purpose of these coins. Um, in terms of the black coin, the obsidian coin, from what Grandfather Ama and Farhan are a- were able to remember, it seems that they do have some sort of use in tracking... They described it as in tracking individuals that are most ripe for possession. Something about the coins calls out to those who are in need in some way, in a way that would make them more likely to welcome in an icon's influence. Wait, so you're telling me that me carrying around this coin is because I'm susceptible to demonic possession or is making me susceptible to demonic possession? Um, question mark? It seems to be, with you specifically, um, where did you find this coin you said? Uh, I found them in like traveler's shrines in the principalities. They're like all over the fucking place. Yes. Well, that would make sense if the coins are proliferated by individuals, then the idea, I suppose, would be people who are more likely to accept the influence of an icon would be drawn to the coins in some way. Mm. And through the carrying of these coins, the demons and icons that are able to perceive them would know that those individuals are vulnerable. So whether you picked up this coin out of sheer curiosity or whether it called to you in some way, I do not know. The fact that you have two of them is very interesting to me. Mm. But it would say to me that this white coin has been potentially expunged of whatever influence creates that effect so uh farah says she knows she slides the coins across her desk to you assuming that you have stopped looking over her shoulder and walked right around (laughs) to the front again Uh, and she says so working with this theory this coin she points at the white obsidian Mm -hmm. should be safe potentially though it might also contain the aspect of an icon Mm -hmm. this black coin if i were you I would get as far away from me as possible. However, if what we think is true is true, it could just potentially be picked up by some other sorry soul that would find themselves possessed. So you are in quite a pickle, as they say. Uh, That's callback. <laughs> I understand that you were in a pickle earlier. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, Shia forced me into a pickle vat. I feel like everyone's pretty cavalier with the fact that Shia tried to drown me. No, she, no. I, 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 the way that she says it, she pranked you, bro. And that's on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what she says. She's like, who knows what you want to do with these coins, but either way, they're bad news. Uh, okay. Is that the useful bit that you might want to get away? Yeah. Um, the useful bit, I guess, is that that's what you know these coins... That's what you think these coins might do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they can be used to trap demons. They might have, like, multiple functions. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was a one-off fluke, like, just because Tuck is who Tuck is. Yeah. Or... Oh. Like, the fact that it was shattered by Terry, Larry, and Chad... Maybe that's the only way that that was possible. Maybe, yeah, this actually kind of makes sense. Because, like, within the coin, 
there is a thing that calls to people who can be possessed and then calls to demons to be like, come here and possess this person. So like it, there's like a, a calling, like a negative, like a vacuum kind of thing that pulls things oh, in. Little black hole coins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when Tuck broke it, it like broke the containment and it sucked in like whatever demonic things were in the yeah. area. Cool. Yeah. And then it neutralized it basically. Yeah. That's really cool. It filled it. Mm-hmm. So the whiteness is the whiteness of an icon. Like we always think of it like the d- outer dark is full of icons mm-hmm. and they're dark. Yeah. But the whiteness is because there's an icon in there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Neat. Is there constellations and stars that people worship as icons? There's some in something like they're the white against the sky. Like, oh, maybe. There's some, yeah. There's something in somebody's yeah. stories. Yeah, maybe like giant lore is like mm, within astrological the, lore. Yeah, the bowl of the celestial heavens. Each uh, star was like a like a demon, like yeah. a different demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or giants very well may have seen icons as a totally different force, mm-hmm. where they're like mm-hmm. they are. Oh, you know what's kind of cool is considering giants are so, they were so concerned culturally, not like, you know, they're not, not every giant was exactly the same, but their culture generally revered trades people and Mm -hmm. crafters if they saw the icons as like the muses kind of sometimes like people would be overtaken by the spirit of creation oh and they were like that's what the stars are the stars represent like the the muses inspiration cool so they might have had a very different relationship with icons yeah because their bones are obsidian yes and they are better able to accept that influence into their bodies and mediate it so it doesn't completely overtake them whoa it yeah. contains them yeah within whoa. their core that makes so much sense they can yeah. get so much more use that's why they're able to do all the like insane things they got to do yeah that's yeah. why they're able to build such monumental towers holy shit and maybe that's why there's so many demons like and issues in mccall is because the giants are no longer here to contain it oh yeah. my gosh and they were broken up into smaller fragments then what right would the, what would that mean for orcs then if orcs were descended from giants it, maybe that means that the like what the god of the flame did was remove their ability like remember that's the the like yeah. prevailing orc folklore is that we used to be giants and then the god of the flame like suppressed us and yeah. turned us into something less so maybe the god of the flame separated them from that connection they had to the icons or fundamentally changed their, their like physiology their physiology so they could no longer like accept and mediate the influence of the icons do yes. we have we talked about orc physiology their bones do they have obsidian bones we no. can we know that their tusks are white okay yeah. so yeah. maybe their maybe their bones are white obsidian yeah and oh. everyone just thinks they're like bones yeah that's so cool Mm -hmm. amazing i like the idea that the giants could be like i want to build something so i am going to like open myself up to the eye to like a specific icon and they could choose kind of Mm -hmm. and the sunstone helped like funnel that like light and energy from the stars right we we think it was like manifested matt mccall is like it's symbolizing the sun but it actually was used as a star yeah and so you would oh and that would explain so like the top of the lighthouse you would go (gasps) meditate up there at night 
oh, if you wanted to that's how you like did the transit like that's when you like called out to like the icon you were trying to find that's how yeah. you did it and McCall because they're thinking about it based on human culture they thought that it was a lighthouse that told ships the shore is here but mm-hmm. for giant culture it was a beacon to the stars <laughs> yes. yes that was it's oh it was a star yes. on earth and that's why it has uh, images of the giant creator god carved into carved it into because it. the story is that they were inspired by the stars they were the first yeah yeah oh maybe it was like this was a star and the oh. creator god reached up into the sky and brought it down and gifted it to the giants yeah. so that they could use it to like reach out and connect with the different muses. And it makes sense why the lighthouse is so very high up because it's like closer to the night sky. Yeah. Oh my God. It was as close as they could make it. Yeah. I am rock hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the I bet best everyone part. listening is rock hard. I am going to bust. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If you're going to shoot, shoot into this. Yeah. Okay. That's sick. That's, Everything that we just said is fucking awesome. It also makes sense why, like in the that song, the tolling. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the instructions is uh, the darkness fears the nighttime sun. Yeah. Yeah. And Which it's is- because like the lighthouse itself has an influence on demons. Mm-hmm. So if we don't really like pass within its like shadow because they're afraid that if they're subjected to the light they'll be like separated from the body that they've overtaken yeah and they'll be like cast back to the outer dark cool oh man that's very interesting and mccollins might just not understand that like Mm -hmm. the fact that they interpret every like so much uh, giant imagery as being similar to theirs like Mm -hmm. revering the day and the sun but their connection was to the night Mm -hmm. that's so fucking cool good job everybody pretty well done pretty fucking awesome well done well done us. well done i love fantasy <laughs> and oh, i love my friends um okay so maybe that is kind of <laughs> the information that tuck gleans throughout the day mm-hmm. like it's he's talking to farah and he reads a book or two maybe or is this all stuff that's just in the wind and the characters don't necessarily understand I it i feel like tuck wouldn't put this together yeah unless farah was like let's talk about it yeah i maybe. think farah maybe talks him through it yeah like you guys like the assistant leaves because you guys end up talking for like hours yeah because it's like tuck is faced with a philosophical and moral issue now Mm. that farah has presented him with which is just like i either have to endanger my family by keeping this Mm -hmm. or i sentence someone else to death by like just throwing it away basically Mm. so he's like trying to work through what he should do and he's like asking for farah's help basically Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe that's like when all of this stuff comes up mm-hmm. through this conversation is I, like, like us look researching and looking through. Yeah. The parrot actually had a lot of really <laughs> good ideas, but you guys shoot him out of the room because you had to talk. I don't want that parrot remembering anything that we're saying right now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's really neat. Uh, I think there's maybe some stuff that the world doesn't still understand about that like giant culture stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. or maybe i guess if anybody would if it, any group would it's the librarians yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay so yeah she's basically like at the end of this she's she's burning with uh curiosity i thought you were gonna say desire for tuck <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tuck's so hopeful <laughs> maybe just a little bit uh but yeah she is like you've given me a lot to think about today tacoma i am going to hit the books as it were mm-hmm. i feel 90 again 
I feel like a freshman again. (laughs) Thank you so much, Tacoma. Uh, Yeah, cool. Also, think about what you want to do with these coins. I would, I honestly have no idea what you should do. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. I wish that I could give you better advice, but it's kind of up to you if you think you can withstand this influence. And if I'm being honest, I think that you, of all the people that I've met recently, would have the greatest chance. Then do it. If you fear that the risk is too great to you and those you love, I can't begrudge you making that choice. All right. Thanks for laying this burden on my shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go finish my poem now. (laughs) It's like... It's like five hours have passed. <laughs> and you're like, what was this poem about again? <laughs> so, Tuck, you're heading, you leave Farah's office and you're wandering, working on your poem. Uh, and I'm kind of distracted. I can't, like, my mind keeps getting pulled back to the two coins in my backpack, trying to, like, figure out what I should do with them. Mm-hmm. So nothing happens with the poem. Yeah. I, I just crumple it up. I throw it out. I'm like, fuck, Fink can have her. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and as you're walking away, uh, casting a longing glance at that garbage can, uh, you hear, hey. What? What? You turn and Fathom is standing uh, behind you. And oh. Tuck <laughs> shrinks. Tuck squares up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What? hey, what's up? Can we talk? And that's where we're going to end it for this week. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me is always playing Ving, yeah. the half-elf druid, Paul Oppers. Take care. Playing Tacoma Dome, the barbarian, Abdul Aziz. So long. And playing Fat Billy, the halfling thief, Jessica Ty. Bye for now. Thank you to Aaron Reed, the incomparable Aaron Reed, for our intro and outro music. Thank you to our Patreon supporters, our incomparable Patreon supporters, <laughs> uh, supporting us around the world. If you would like to support the show, go to uh, patreon.com, throw a slash in there, and then spell lore afterwards. Uh, or spellor.com slash money, please. We've got a whole bunch of uh, Patreon benefits, like 150 plus hours. No. What is it? How many hours of bonus content? A lot. I don't know. There's definitely more than 100 hours. Really? <laughs> Pretty yeah. good. 100 plus hours of bonus audio content. Wait. No, there's definitely less than 100 hours. Less than 100 <laughs> hours of bonus audio content. But definitely more than 60 hours. Over 60 <laughs> between 60 and 100 bonus hours maybe more than 100 hours you know what use your discretion (laughs) uh and we've also got some video content we're going to we do alternating q a's uh live monthly and then on the off months we do live uh lone tree hill episodes playing fiasco and if that is the kind of stuff that you're interested in maybe hit us up or if you want to help drop us a review on itunes we love them thank you so much see you next time and so ends the tale of Adventures Three, who tried the best they can. Though dumb and scared and lost they be, for times abreast in revelry. And though our journey may be like a conclusion, we will not leave you without a resolution. Turn next week to hear some more whilst you commute or do your chores. And for you, I'd gladly.